Last week we talked about the anointing. Uh, we try to demystify that a little bit. And what we're talking about is is the priest were anointed, right? They were anointed. They were that means that they were set apart, right? They had the oil smeared on them to be set apart for a purpose, right? And we talked about when Jesus came, he read Isaiah. He said, this is what I was anointed to do. We see that in Acts. He says, I was anointed to go. And Jesus, the spirit of God was upon Jesus. He was anointed to heal sick people, all those kind of things. And we talked about how that spirit is now in us. The same spirit that went into Jesus, the same anointing that was on Jesus is in you. Come on, are you with me? And uh, and it's teaching you, and it's teaching you to be like Jesus, and it's teaching you to function. So, so the, the greater level of anointing the, the, the general anointing is to function like Jesus functioned. All the things that Jesus did is available to us. Uh, this is the purpose of the Holy Spirit's uh, movement in our life. We talked about the priest and how, you know, the, the priest the priest's role, you got to understand this. When we use the word intercession, I want you to think this because we think we know what intercession means. We think intercession means praying, right? Intercession actually means, let me give you a better English word for you to get you out of your box, representation, so the priests were representing the people to God because they couldn't go to God on their own, right? They had sin. They were, and so the priests had to go through all these sacrifices, all this kind of junk, blah, 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 and we'll just do all these little rituals and all this kind of stuff. And then they could go, even the priest who was considered a holy man had to do all this stuff and then he can go into God's presence, right? Are you with me? So he represented, if they wanted their sins taken care of, they couldn't go to God. They couldn't say, oh God, here, here's my sin. They, not like you, not like you, they can confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you. No, 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 none of that. You had to go to the priest if he screwed up, right? Right. You, you looked at pornography that week, you had to go to the priest, right? And so the priest would have to deal with all of your sin issues. But when Jesus came, first John teaches us that he became the high priest. He, he represents us before God. And so the priests were intercessors or representatives of the people to God. And then you had the prophets who represented God to the people. Are you guys with me? All right, check this out about Jesus. Hebrews chapter seven, verse 23. You guys there? Turn your Bible on. You can open up your notes on... Our website there, we have them all laid out there for you. So you can follow along, overflowdfw.com forward slash notes. Hebrews chapter 7, there were many priests under the old system. Now, how many know that Jesus changed the system? Right? We, we say Jesus got rid of, rid of the priesthood. He actually rebuilt it. So, for death prevented them from remaining in office. In other words, they would die. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able. Now get this. The old priests, they would die off, but Jesus will never die. He died, but he resurrected, and he's going to live forever. So check this out. This this tells us what he's going to do. His priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Listen, there is a man in heaven. Jesus, who is representing you before God, before the throne of perfect justice, there is a man who is perfect mercy. So we can choose perfect mercy or perfect justice. So when we come to Jesus, we embrace perfect mercy. And Jesus represents forever perfect mercy able to go in. So he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf behalf, not th. Okay. Yeah, thank you. He is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. 
He has been set apart from sinners and it had been given the highest place of honor in heaven. What is the highest place in honor in heaven? The priesthood, the representative, Jesus forever representing us before God, the highest honor in heaven. King on the throne, yes, but representing perfect mercy before perfect justice. How many know that justice is a good thing? Come on. But how many are glad you have mercy? How many know that the mercy is available to all, but we must come to the man who offers it? Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all while he offered himself as a sacrifice for the people's sin. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath. And his son has been made perfect, the perfect high priest forever. So Jesus got rid of this idea of having to go to a man to get, to, to get a connection with God. Are you with me? He became that man forever. So now we have, what, absolute connection with God because of what Jesus did. Jesus is before the Father. That is his ministry now. Jesus' ministry now is before the Father pleading for you. Not just praying, you know, not observing. He's representing you. Understand, there's a big difference between just praying and representing. Are you with me? And so Jesus is representing the people to God, and the devil is also at the throne accusing you. So when you pray and you experience shame or you experience regret, this is devil ministry. It's not Jesus. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's devil ministry. So shame and regret and bashfulness about stupid things that you've done in your life that you've already repented from, guess what? That's devil ministry because there's two people before perfect justice. One is accusing you and one is representing you. One is your advocate and one is your accuser. But you can choose which one you're going to listen to. Are you with me? So you don't have to worry about the shame. Well, I screwed up. I, I, you know, I looked at pornography this week. This is for somebody, right? I lusted this week. I gossiped this week. I was negative this week, so I can't come to God. That's the devil telling you you can't come to God. You can go to God because Jesus is there, and you go to Jesus. Now, We're talking about Jesus here, but we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus is our advocate, but the Holy Spirit is our advocate also, right? We talked about that a few weeks ago, talking about parakletos. You guys remember that? But one of the things we didn't, we talked a little bit about it, but we talked about him being a comforter and him providing peace and him providing correction. I encourage you to go listen on the podcast on that. It's very, very important uh, in our development is understanding the Spirit. But listen. When, when it uses this word advocate in Scripture, it's not just a cool little parakletos, cool little word that we can throw around. It is actually a legal term, a legal term that means representative. You guys know how the court system is, and then a, a person will go and represent that person to the judge. You guys know what I'm talking about, someone who knows the system, right? So the Holy Spirit, listen, is, the, is, is also an advocate, So we have Jesus is representing us, and then we have the Holy Spirit whom Jesus sent to be inside of us, also intercession. That's why when Jesus was talking about, you know, knock and keep on knocking, open the door, and then he he said, we talk about prayer, and that's what he's talking about. And then he said, and no one, and God God will, will give the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks. You guys remember that? And so Jesus is talking about that. Why does he mention the Holy Spirit in the context of prayer? Because the Holy Spirit is the perfect prayer partner. The Holy Spirit is a perfect prayer 
partner. Check us out. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. The Holy Spirit will help us in our weakness. For example, yeah, he'll help us in all weakness. Come on, are you with me? Well, look at the example he gives. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Now, where does the Holy Spirit dwell? In us, right? So the Holy Spirit is inside of you praying. With groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So he's not just praying, he's groaning in you. The the Spirit of God is contending and groaning for you. Are you with me? It's not just at you. Come on. But groaning for you. Uh, we had a, one time there was a, a girl that visited our student ministry in El Paso, and, and I ran into her, like, I don't know, it was months after she had visited our ministry, and she was like, and she was really positive. She's like, oh, yeah, I, went, I know you. I know you. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, I went for that. that uh, I said, revolution. She's like, yeah, 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 that's it. And she said, she said, there was a lot. You were yelling at me a lot, and I liked it. And I was like, no, no, no. I wasn't yelling at you. I was yelling for you, right? And so I believe that that's what, some way we feel the groaning is like at us. No, no, no. It's for us. The Holy Spirit is groaning for us. So know that when I get rowdy, it's not at you. It's for you. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So the Holy Spirit is an intercessor. Number one, the Spirit prays for us. Isn't that good to know? Number two, the Spirit prays with us. So the Holy Spirit leads us in prayer. As believers filled with the Holy Spirit, you can pray in the Spirit. You don't have to pray just, well, I don't know what to pray. I get this from my kids. I don't know what the words are. That's okay. Right? Well, I'm just not an eloquent prayer. Right? I don't want to pray out loud. This is awkward. The Holy Spirit will pray with you. So when you don't know what to pray, you just ask the Holy Spirit. I don't know what to pray. We'll just get before him. The reason why we don't, have, we don't know how to pray is because we don't pray. You can't, you can't learn to ride a bike unless you get on it and start pedaling. I don't know how to ride a bike. I don't do so. Say, do you ever ride? No. I don't know how to ride. Well, you're never going to learn. You just sit around on your butt watching Xbox bike BMXing, right? You can know all about riding, but until you get out there and you start pedaling, fall down a couple of times and screw up and look like a fool, you're not going to know how to do it. Don't give me this garbage about, about, I don't know how to pray. I just don't know what to pray for. Well, get in the place of music. Get in the spirit. The The spirit prays with you. He leads us in prayer. Listen, we pray by the spirit. In the name of Jesus, it's by his authority, to the Father. So who do we pray to? Just a little basic on brain. We pray to the Father. But through the Spirit and through Jesus, the Spirit that is in us teaching us to pray, we pray through the power of Jesus. That's why we say in the name of Jesus. Like sometimes we're like, we, we feel like our prayer is incomplete unless we're like, in Jesus' name. We're like, amen. Oh, I mean, in Jesus' name, amen, right? Because we feel like that, that we have to have this little magic potion token in Jesus' name. Don't forget to say in Jesus' name, right? Well, he didn't end the prayer in Jesus' name. Apparently, you didn't either. Right? Come on. 
We pray under the authority of Jesus' name. So it's not, not so much just tagging it. And that's, that's a great little tradition thing that we do. But you don't have to, like, we get so caught up in these little silly things. Oh, hold on, brother. Let's, let's finish that prayer again and say in Jesus' name. Dude, you're praying. The only reason why you can pray is because of the name of Jesus. So, so get over all that weirdness. You're weird Christians. Okay. Uh, so listen, you can pray in your spirit, and, and we pray in the spirit all the time, right? You're at the store checking out. You're like, Lord, I want an opportunity, right? You're not verbalizing it. You're not using words, which you need to verbalize. You need to use words when you pray, but that would be kind of weird if you're in public at Target and you're checking out. I know you go to Target, not Walmart, because you're cool like that. And so you're like buying some gum and some bottled water, and you're just like, Oh, Father, out loud. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord, that this waitress, this waitress, this uh, whatever it is, this cashier is going to get saved today. And I pray that when she sees my gum, she'll experience you refreshing, right, or whatever. How many know if you pray that out loud, you're probably not going to have very many opportunities to minister to this woman. But you can pray that in the spirit, right? Refreshing breath of heaven on her gum of the Holy Spirit. How many know that you can pray that in your spirit? You can pray like that all the time when you're having a conversation with people. When you're with a friend and they're talking to somebody about Jesus, you can just pray in the spirit. You don't have to start, I just pray right now. How many know that you can pray in the spirit without praying verbally? So you're praying that's in your spirit. But you can also pray in the Holy Spirit, right? In the Holy Spirit. And we pray in the Holy Spirit is when we align our spirit with his spirit. That's how you pray in the spirit, is you start praying what the spirit is praying. How do I know what the spirit is praying? You pray. You ask. Develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Some of this is helping your prayer life right now. Some of you are totally checked out because you don't care because you don't love Jesus. Okay. Just kidding. Whoa. Hey, I'm just being a pastor. Listen, if you... Listen, if you don't uh listen, if you don't ever pray, it's it's a good indicator you don't love Jesus. I'm just saying. I tell you that cuz I love you not cuz I'm mad at you. But don't sit here and tell me about your relationship with God if you don't have a prayer time. Just like don't tell me that I have a relationship with my wife if we don't ever hang out. That's a bunch of crap to think that I, I do have a relationship with her if we don't ever hang out. It's called a bad relationship. So you have a bad relationship if you don't ever spend time in prayer. You haven't developed that discipline in your life, and it will be a discipline sometimes. Sometimes I'm going to want to go out and ride bikes and not hang out with my wife. Right? Sometimes it's costly. Okay. Read read First John about people that say they love God. All right? Cut you too bad there. Now check it out. We we talked about we talked about uh, we talked about you know speaking in tongues and stuff like that a couple of weeks ago. When we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, God gives you this gift of tongues. In most cases, go back and listen. That's why we do series so we can be a little deeper. Go back and reference that. But in First Corinthians, he says this. Now some people say, "Well, I don't pray in tongues." Listen, there's the gift of speaking in tongues, and then there's the gift of praying in tongues, which accompanies. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like if you if you go buy a car and it comes with tinted windows, right? You didn't get tinted windows. Tinted windows came on the car. Well, when you get baptized of the Holy Spirit, you get tinted windows. You get this prayer language. You're not 
you're not like, the, the prayer language is not the Holy Spirit, but the prayer language is the, bab, the baptism of the Holy Spirit enables you to have this. And we see, you know, the disciples and things like that. We can talk about that another time. We can go back and listen to that. And so check out what Paul says about that. If I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. But I don't understand what I'm saying, right? What then shall I do? I'll pray in the spirit, but I'll also pray in words I can understand. So it does me no good to come over and pray for Ben, who's here today, which we're so glad he's here, and to pray for him in tongues. Oh, shah, blah, 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 right? And just pray for him for like, you know, it, doesn't re- it really doesn't benefit him because Paul says it this way. He said, when I pray, it, my, my spirit is, is, is benefited from it. He's like, I'm edified when I pray. So really, I can, but if I'm praying for him in tongues, I need to have the interpretation. Because it isn't a little, blah, 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 blah. and he's like, what, what, what are you talking about? Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, Shaba, right? Or whatever. Okay. Right. So we need to get that. We need to get that. So, so I will pray in the Spirit, but I also pray words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit. Oh, come on. And I will also sing in words I understand. So this is no good if we, you know, put Shaba up on the, Green or like, Shaba, come on, let's sing it together. How many know that that might be my spirit singing and you're agreeing in my spirit, but you, you're not really making the connection, right? Whatever the word is. And again, some of you are like, well, I speak in tongues. It's weird. Yeah, I know, because it's yours. So, and it's not mine, so it should be different. It doesn't sound like tongues. What does it sound like? Okay, that's. Okay, are you guys good on that? So when we, when we pray in the spirit, and in tongues, we're, we're edifying ourselves, we're building ourselves up, and we're also praying along with the Spirit. But also, whenever we're allowing the Holy Spirit to guide our prayers, we're praying in the Spirit. Are you with me? Even if I'm using words that other people can understand. So benefits of praying in the Spirit. Are you with me? If you don't pray in tongues, we'll pray that you'll get that gift. And uh, if you don't, then, then you can still come in an alignment with the Spirit of God. Are you guys with me? Okay. First of all, and, and I would say this, don't settle to live without that gift. It's the most elementary gift. It's so elementary, but you really need that gift to be able to pray the Spirit. Are you, are you guys with me? Praying tongues. So you need that. Sometimes when I'm discouraged, I just want to get real real with you guys because some of you are like, oh, that's weird. Listen, it's super. It's called the supernatural. Of course, it's weird. Everything about Christi- Christianity is based upon weirdness. It's, it's weird. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not logic to it because there's incredible logic to it. Don't be so sloppy that you don't have any logic. Because then you're not loving God really with your mind. So God gave you a mind to discern and decide and make decisions and wisdom and that. So there's a lot of rabbits. All right, listen. So I was saying, don't live without it. Like, go after that, okay? So uh, if you're not there, what? When you, oh, when I, sometimes when I get discouraged, like, I get discouraged a lot. Not like get discouraged like where I'm depressed. Right? How many know that that's where depression starts? But, like, I'll have moments of discouragement. Usually Mondays, I'm really tired, I'm really wore out, and a lot of times I come into the office, and I spend a little time here at the church, and I'm just always discouraged. No matter how good Sunday went, I'm always discouraged because I'm just drained, and I'm just like, ah. So what I do to get myself fired up is I just start walking, everyone walking, and I'm just praying in the spirit. I'm just walking around. What am I doing? I'm edifying my spirit. I'm building myself up so that I feel encouraged. So I'm not praying over you that way. I might pray over you that way, probably most likely when you're not around, but that's something that I do to build myself up. I might pray with that uh, when you're around, uh, you know, but most likely I'll probably pray in a way that you can understand and edifies you. All right, so benefits of praying in the Spirit. Number one, we pray in the Spirit, we have perfect prayer. We pray the will of God. 
Uh, that's what it says in Romans, what we talked about right there. The Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. When you pray in the Spirit, when you align your Spirit with God's, whether it's in tongues or, or natural words, when you pray in the Spirit, you are praying the will of God. Isn't that good to know? I don't know what to pray. Just pray in the Spirit. Seeking, seek the Lord. Ask him, Lord, what should I pray? Isn't it interesting that, that the Holy Spirit is so connected with Jesus that, that Jesus tells the Spirit what to pray? The Father tells Jesus what to pray. They need to ask me for a new job, Jesus. Hey, Holy Spirit, they need to ask you for, tell them to ask them for a new job. This is the way it works. So all of a sudden we're praying in spirit. We're like, oh, I just want a new job. Or all of a sudden something comes to your mind about, about someone who's dealing with discouragement. You start praying for that person. What are you doing? You're agreeing with the spirit. Are you with me? So we pray perfect prayers, perfect prayers. Because sometimes we pray stupid prayers and selfish prayers. But when we pray in the Spirit, we pray perfect prayers. Number two, when we pray in the Spirit, it reveals God's heart. It reveals God's heart on the matter. So you're not just praying selfishly, oh, Father, I pray that I get that job so I can make lots of money and buy lots of things, right? Are you guys with me? So check this out. John chapter 16, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. We've gone over this a lot during this series. He will not speak his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He'll bring glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So when we pray in the Spirit, it, we start getting a revelation of God's heart. So that God, how do you feel about that? I mean, you know, God is emotional. God has affections and, affections and God has emotions. He wants you to experience his affections and emotions. How I many you know that God's not depressed? So if you're depressed, then what do you need to pray? The joy of the Lord. Because God's not depressed. He's not discouraged. So allow his heart to be revealed to you. Okay. So when we pray, we start getting a revelation of God's heart, who he is. You know what I've noticed is that I can't be bitter at someone while I'm praying for them. You want to get over the hurt that you're dealing with to somebody? Pray for them. We've experienced this in our own lives. We've, we've prayed for people that hurt us, and we felt like jacked us around, and we just pray for them. As we pray for them, God just gives us our heart, his heart for them. No matter how wrong that they were or how right we think we were, it's not about that. It's about what's God's heart on the matter. Number three, it builds our faith. Jude 120, build up yourself and your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. That's kind of what we were talking about earlier. When I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. My mind is unfruitful. I edify my spirit. Number four, it's fragrant to the Father. When we pray, the fourth benefit, and these aren't all the benefits. This is an exhaustive list, but this is just a list. But also when we pray, it's fragrant to the Father. It smells good. Isn't that weird? Like, there's smells in heaven. <laughs> Are you with me? Huh? It smells like tacos. <laughs> just kidding. All right. Uh, yeah, something. Careful. Listen. <laughs> In Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, it says this. It, it teaches us that in heaven, intercession is the incense of heaven. What is incense? Incense, incense is something that smells good. So the priest, what they would do, listen, is they would go out and they would sacrifice, do their animal sacrifice, and, and this was outside of the temple, and they would burn the animal sacrifice, tone for sins, all that kind of stuff. And then they would take some of the coal from that, 
some of the hot coals, and they would put it in a censer, and they would go in to the tabernacle or the tent of meeting, and they would go in there, and in the tent of meeting was another altar, and it was called the altar of incense. And what they would do is they would go there, and they would burn these spices, and it, and it says that that's the, the smell, that fragrant offering that they were bringing actually pleased the Lord. That the Lord loved that fragrance of, of them when they burned that. How you know, like we have one of those like scentsy things, and sometimes Leslie will turn it on before I get home, and then when I go home, or she's been baking all day, and I walk in, and there's a fragrant offering, right? I walk in, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be good. I hope you made me a cookie, right? You know what I'm saying? I hope you made me a little piece of that cake, or I walk in, and it just smells, you know, spiceful or whatever of that little thing that's burning. But when we when we pray, this is what happens. It's fragrant to the Father. He loves a communion. He's just like, oh, I love you. So we, we pray. That's what happens. The, the Father. How many know God is pleased with you, but there's things that we can do that, that bring him extended pleasure. And so when we pray, it does that. And I love what David said in, one, in Psalm 144, 12. He says, may my prayer be set before you as incense. Lord, when I pray, would it be fragrant to you? Would it smell good? Right? So I would just encourage you to, to develop that in your life. That when you're, when you're praying, just understand that God loves it. He, so, so many times I think we don't pray because we think God's like irritated at us. Or he's mad at us. He's frustrated. He's not. Jesus is there representing you. Just go before the Father and just, just provide for him a fragrant offering of incense. Just saying, God, I just love you. And he, he, just, he just, it's like he walks into the room and... I think that's what happens here in worship. I think the Lord's here. When we start worshiping him, when we start pressing into his presence, he just goes, I just love it. Will my people worship me? It's just fragrant to him. Isn't it so good? Okay. So we, we talked a little bit about priests today. I'm kind of switching gears. I really battled uh, kind of how to switch this gear. But I, I want to talk. We talked a lot about the priesthood of Jesus. We talked about praying. Uh, but I want to talk about your priesthood. Are you with me? Jesus is the priest, but now we are emulating him on the earth, right? Uh, how many know that when, in, when people, when we talked about in Exodus 30, when we were talking about the anointing last week, that the anointing started from the head, right? And then it poured down onto the body, right? And it's the same way. The anointing pours on Jesus, and it goes down onto his body. So we have the same anointing of Jesus. What is Jesus' anointing now? A priest, the intercessor. So we also, not just like Jesus was when he is on the earth, but we are also receiving the anointing by the Holy Spirit to be intercessors. Now, we are priests. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a priest. Now, you don't have to go get a little fancy little collar, right? Listen, because we are possessed by the Spirit, he starts to take over our nature and we become intercessors like Jesus is now. Are you with me? So we now become. Now, let me show you guys real quick. We have this little, this little uh, created this video for you guys, a, a kind of a little drawing here. Do we have that? I'm a, I'm a drawer. So here's Jesus. He went to the Father, and then he sent the Spirit, and then boom, there we are. And then boom, again, here we are. That's you on the earth. What are you doing in the ocean, all over the earth, and boats, 
And so there's the Lord. And so this is what happens. When Jesus went to the Father, he sent the Spirit, and then the Spirit burned on us, right? So when Jesus said you could do greater things, he wasn't talking about you doing more powerful things because you can't forgive sins, and that's the most powerful thing. And so what Jesus meant is greater. If you study it out in the Greek, it actually means more. So whether there, there being one flame on the earth, one light on the earth, Jesus said you will be the light of the earth. Why will it be greater? Because there's more of us. So the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, the glory of God will fill the earth. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. The Spirit that rose Jesus, because we are the little Christ, right? The little anointed ones. And we are living on the earth, and we are expanding the kingdom. All right, you can take away my goofy illustration. So, actually, let's put it back up. Just let it play. So, here's Jesus. When he ascended to heaven, he sent the Spirit. And the Spirit lit up the believers. All right, let's leave that up there for just a minute. Listen, because, so here's the picture. Jesus representing us to the Father, right? The Holy Spirit inside of us burning on the earth. Come on. Now, 1 Peter, listen, chapter 2, verse 4. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people. But he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, listen, you are his holy priests. Remember what you just told your neighbor? It's Bible. Through the mediation of Jesus, through the representation of Jesus, the intercession of Jesus, you are to offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Well, I thought God was already pleased. He is, but you can still please him further. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him, recognize the honor God has given to him. But for those who rejected him, the stone, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes people fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the faith that was planned for them. But you're not like that. But you're not like that. You are a chosen people. What is chosen? Anointed means chosen, right? You're chosen for a purpose. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You're not an unholy nation. America is an unholy nation, but you are not an unholy nation. The church is not an unholy nation. We treat the church like she's an unholy nation. The church is not an unholy nation. The church is a holy nation. So stop being so critical about the church. Focus on yourself a little bit more instead of picking on your brothers and sisters. Jesus said this, he, he who hates his brother can't love God. That's right. That's right. Don't hate on the bride. Don't be bashing the bride. It's still God's bride. She's imperfect and flawed, absolutely, but she's still the most beautiful thing on the earth. And Jesus still picks us. As a result, you can show others, listen, so your royal priest, holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, because of that, you can show others the goodness of God. The goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. So let's talk about spirit-filled representation, just like we saw in the graphic here. Now that Jesus is representing us to the Father, we are now representing Jesus to the world. He will take from the Father what is his and make it known to you. We are now representations. We are, because of the Spirit, because we're filled with the Spirit, we now represent heaven. So when we do that, we have prayer. We talked about prayer a little bit before. Two points. 
Number one, intercessory prayer. So we represent people, we represent King Jesus on the earth through prayer. Listen, lost people, people that don't know Jesus, it doesn't do them any good to pray. God doesn't hear the prayer of the wicked. This is throughout Scripture. It is a privilege to pray. It's not a right. You don't, you're not born with the right to pray. You can pray, but God's not hearing you until you come to Jesus, the high priest. Once you come to Jesus, God hears your prayers. Are you guys with me? So, you know, lost people, when they pray, I'm like, oh, isn't that cute? So what can you do about that? You can be critical or you can pray for them. You're the intercessor. You're the representative to God for the world, just like Jesus is for the church. So how are they connected with God? Through the people of God. There's no connection for lost people with God except through the people of God. So what we do is we go around and we criticize people because of their ungodliness instead of showing them the Father. Well, they don't know. They don't know how to live holy. They're sinners. You forget sinners sin. It's their identity. They don't know any difference. So quit being critical. They don't know Jesus. Are you going to connect them through prayer? There's all kinds of prayer. You have personal petition, right? You have warfare prayer, and then you have intercession. Intercession prayer is when you're praying for someone else. You're not just doing your little, oh, thank you, Lord, for today. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, bless me, bless me. No, intercessory prayer is when you pray on behalf of others. And that can be a brother or a sister, or it can be a lost person. It can be anything. You are standing in between the disconnected and the connected. Are you guys with me? Listen, the primary intent of prayer is always intimacy. The primary intent of prayer is always intimacy. It's the intent always to be before God. However, it is our obligation with this connection that we have with heaven that we intercede on behalf of others. Listen, it is not, we talk about this, it's a gift. Intercession is a gift. It is a gift, but it's an obligation for all of us. Just like someone's a gifted evangelist, it's on the burden of the whole church. We're all called to evangelize. So there's intercessors, and then there's believers who are all intercessors. And then there's those that are gifted in that. I used to know a woman, her name was Del Talley, and uh, she was, uh, she's with the Lord now. Uh, And, uh, and she was this old lady. She, was, she actually wasn't as old as she looked. And she'd been in some car accidents and had some strokes. And she, she was kind of like, and I hope you don't think this is insulting. She was kind of like a spiritual Yoda. Like she was, she was short. She was hunched over. She had like a, a, an arm that was messed up. And, you know, you could just tell she's been through some battles in her life. And so um, I was going through some battles in my life. And, I'm, and I went to Del Talley's house. And she lived in another city because I knew that she had the gift of intercession. Like, and I knew that I was weak and I could pray, but I also needed someone praying for me. And so I went to Dale's house and there she was. I, 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 I told my dad, I said, dad, I was like, tell Dale, I want her to be one of my intercessors because I know she's got the gift. So I want her praying for me. I want to be solid. I want, I want to stand the test of time. And so we went over to Dale's house and, and I said, I said, Hey Dale, how you doing? She's so well. She talked kind of like that. And she said, I do love. Jesus. And she told me, she said, we were there at a house and we were just having this visit. And I was asking her, I just, would, would you just pray for me when you're praying? She said, you know, she said, I pray all the time. I was like, oh man, I know I can tell. Like I walked into your house with like fragrant, you know, I was like. <sighs> and so she said, but the Lord told me. She said, I need to stop praying on my feet and start praying on my knees. Because oh, she was saying, she's like, I pray all the time. 
I pray when I'm doing the laundry. I pray when I'm ironing the clothes. I pray when I'm driving the car. But God told me, you need to stop praying on your feet and start praying on your knees. In other words, get before the presence of God. Don't just pray all the time, but make that time to get before the Father. I remember being so moved by that. And I asked this woman to, to pray for me. And she had the gift of, inter, of being an intercessor. But we all are called to intercession. Are you with me? Because we have the Holy Spirit in you. So you have an obligation to pray for those, to pray for those in your world, to pray for those that you work with, to pray for those that are at the gym that you hang out with, to pray for your neighbors. We have an obligation, saints. This is an obligation. It's not just a privilege we have. It's an obligation because the spirit, the great intercessor is in us with groanings. Will we agree with the groanings or will we just be selfish with our prayers? Right? You pray enough for you, great. Pray for somebody else. You got to represent them. First uh, Peter 2.5, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Also, if you guys want to read more, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 through 16, you can write that down and check up on that later. Number two, so number one, intercessory prayer. Number two, prophetic partnership. Prophetic partnership. How many know there's prophets and then there's the prophetic? Just like there's intercessors and then there's people that intercede, right? Now, listen, when we talk about being prophetic, understand that intercession had two faces in the Old Testament. The first face was the priest, representing the people before God. And we said this earlier. The other was the prophet, representing God to the people. If people want to know what God was saying, they didn't go to God themselves. They went to a prophet, right? Even David sometimes went to prophets. And he's like, hey, what is God saying? Are you guys with me? And so there is, you have the, the, the priest, which is vertical. And then you have the prophet, which is horizontal. And that's the way the prophetic is. Intercession, vertical, I'm representing God with the people. And the other side of intercession is the prophetic, where I am representing God to the people. Intercession. So you can pray for them. That's great. We need to do that. We need to be the priesthood. But we also must embrace the prophetic spirit. Now, prophetic isn't meanness. We've talked about this. In fact, it says in Revelation 19.10, it says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You say, well, I'm just not really very prophetic. Yes, you are. Stop saying that. You are prophetic. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You know what heaven is thinking. What is the prophetic? Listen, you don't have to declare the future to be prophetic. You don't have to declare. Now, prophecy is declaring, but prophetic doesn't necessarily mean in the future. Prophetic means what is God saying now? Releasing heaven's intention, heaven's emotion. What is heaven saying? You can do that. You don't have to declare the future to be prophetic. You just have to declare the heart of heaven. And you know the heart of heaven because of the spirit. Listen, stop all this crap about, I'm just not very mature as a Christian. I'll just say crap. Second time. My wife doesn't like what I said. Listen, we've got to put away this mentality that whenever I become this spiritual, when I graduate from Bible college, whenever I get discipled, whenever I get my life cleaned up, I'll start representing God. Get rid of that. Quit buying into the enemy's lie. You are prophetic as a child of God. You know heaven because the Holy Spirit, you are possessed by the Holy Spirit. He is inside of you. You have a, you have a main line to heaven. Just like you get on your phone and call somebody or you get on the internet, you have just as much the access of heaven as you do to the, the world wide web. Get it. Listen, heaven is the supplier, but we are the deliverers, right? 
God is in charge of the product. We're in charge of distribution. We have the keys. We talked about this over and over and over again, and we will until the return of Jesus to equip people. Understand, you are prophetic. Did you know it's prophetic when someone is unloved and you love them? That's the prophetic action. Why? Because you're communicating what's on God's heart for that person. That's all the prophetic is. It's communicating what's on God's heart. So don't say you're not prophetic. You are prophetic. You have the ability to communicate what's on God's heart. You know this. Are you with me? You understand, we prophesy in part. Come on. There's discernment. There's, we got to decide tonight. Is that the Lord? Is that the Lord? We get together with other believers. Is that the Lord? Is that the Lord? It bears witness with us. We've got to test all things, Scripture tells us. Just because someone tells you, comes up to you and tells you they got a word from the Lord, you don't have to buy into that. I know it's hard to argue with somebody when they said, God said. You're like, I just don't feel like God's saying that. Right? You ask the Lord. You ask other believers. You test it. That's what Scripture tells us to do. Are you all all right? Listen, the indwelling Holy Spirit is not simply to enhance our experiences, but to empower our effectiveness. Let me say that again. The indwelling Holy Spirit is not simply to enhance our experiences, and it will, but to empower our effectiveness. When? When are we going to stop just being full enough of God to satisfy us? and release it on a generation of people? When are we going to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light? When are we going to, when are we going to wake the world up? We'll quit just praying, Lord, would you wake the world up? Wouldn't you wake the world up? Will you go and wake the world up? Because we're sitting here asking God to do it, and he's saying, who will go? Whom will I send? And he's looking for a people to say, I'll go, Lord. I'll talk to him. Well, I didn't feel like the Lord. Listen, you know heaven's heart. What is heaven's heart for the lost, for the broken? What is heaven's heart for them? You know it. Communicate it. Are you okay today? One of the problems that we have, I'm almost done. But listen, at some point we settled with the personal comfort in the midst of chaos, right? We have chaos going on around us. We're like, oh, Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. I just have peace, right? So, but at some point, we've settled with, with personal comfort in the midst of chaos and stopped bringing a shift to the atmosphere. So God didn't call you just to have comfort in the storm. He called you to come and break the storm down. This is what Jesus did. Jesus didn't just sleep in the boat. They woke Jesus up, and what did Jesus do? He changed the atmosphere. This, we can't just have peace in the storm. we got to change it. And we have the authority of heaven in us to do it. And we have the authority to bring somebody else through their storm. Come on, are you with me? The same anointing is on you. At some point, we, must, we have settled for personal comfort in the midst of chaos and stop bringing shift to the atmosphere. We've got to stop it. Start loving the unlovable. Let's start meeting needs. Listen, we want to have answers for everything. And I believe God will give you wisdom. I believe the Holy Spirit will give you insight to, 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 uh, to have answers for people. But, dude, I'm getting, I'm getting so bored with arguments. I'm bored with arguments. There's a place for arguing. There is a place for debating. We see this all throughout Scripture. There is a place for it. But I'm bored because it's just going on and on and on, and nothing's changing. Because it's not with wise and persuasive words that the world is going to be changed, but through a demonstration of spirit-filled saints. When are we going to stand up and love the unlovable and touch the untouchable? 
And when those offend us, we love them anyway. This is what heaven looks like. The world, the world's not craving answers. Listen to me. We answer all the questions the world's not asking. The world isn't craving answers. They're craving solutions. And we come up with the well, cosmological argument. I love all that. I love apologetics. I love all that. You need to know that. But it, but it's not. It's not an intellectual issue. It's a heart issue, and you've got the answer. So you can pray and intercede that way, and you can bring the prophetic representation of heaven. Why is it that you're so mad at God? And you know, you'll know. The Spirit will teach you why they're so mad at God. And when you love them, God gives you your heart for them. And that's what's going to make the world.